Hello, beautiful beings. You are now tuning into the Grounded Podcast, where we share your well-being, art, and lifestyle stories to connect and inspire. This is your host, Bianca Yuzon, and let's get casting. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, today we are coming at you from Yellow Room Studios, Pasig, in Metro Manila, Philippines. Can I get a whoop, 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 whoop. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you know, I was going to edit in sound effects. <laughs> oh, no. That's fine. I'd just like to say a big thank you and congratulations if you're listening right now because it is the first official Grounded podcast. Why are you copying my mannerisms, as if anyone can see? And we've got a very, very special guest for you all today who is clearly way too excited to get on the mic. She is a Filipina Dutch singer, songwriter, and international recording artist. She is also a fitness enthusiast who promotes mind and body positivity by sharing her workouts, tips, and fitness journey online. And right now she's in the corner going, really? That's me? <laughs> yes. Um, she just released a single called Slow Motion in collaboration with producer Theo Martel via Tarshir Records. She also happens to be an up-and-coming model and is currently taking international justice at It's The Hague, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She's the only person I know who isn't a fan of massages. Fresh off the n- from the Netherlands, let's give a warm welcome to Idana Kainer. <laughs> that was the nicest intro I've ever received. I didn't even know half of the stuff applied to me. She's like, who are we talking about? Well, guys, this is I- Idana. I was going to say Idana. <laughs> this is Idana. Say hi. Hi, everyone. <laughs> I've been practicing my sultry voice, so that obviously that wasn't it, but I'll keep practicing. Well, this is the Grounded Podcast, so you can just be your true self. We'll accept you no matter what. Yes, I'm so excited. I can't even sit still. <laughs> so I'm going to read my spiel. Hi, hi, Donna. How's it going? <laughs> I'm doing super well, Bianca. Thanks so much for having me. Lovely, Al. <laughs> Seems like we've got a lot to cover here. So let's start with your love for music. Yes. So tell well. us about how you got into singing and eventually writing your own material. Okay, so my mom is a super musically talented individual, and mm-hmm. I think from a young age, she kind of spotted that in my sister and I. Um, she would, you know, put on shows for us, or we'd put on shows for the adults in the house, and like Aww. in our little tutus and everything, you know, perform songs here and there, ABC, whatever you want, Twinkle Twinkle, and I guess she encouraged that throughout my life, and really, she <laughs> she encouraged all sorts of instrument um, lessons, which I failed at dr- dramatically. Like, I don't play anything anymore, but mm-hmm. besides m- just singing. But um, for the longest time, I was super, um, had stage fright. Stage fright. Um, I hated singing in public. No I would way. literally, like, you could hear the vibrato of fear in my voice <laughs> every time I would sing, and the mic would be, like, shaking the entire time. It was so obvious, but I just kept going because when I had no other choice with a Filipino mom like mine. Right. So I just kept going. And for some p- at some point, I think I just had a breakthrough of just like, oh, wow, this is actually kind of fun. Like, I kind of enjoyed this as much as, you know, doing it in the shower. It just became mm-hmm. more second nature the more you practiced. Obviously not perfect yet. But, um, yeah, I guess that, that point, I w- realized I wanted to create my own music. And... Uh, as a 16-year-old girl with wow. um, just a newfound interest in relationships and boyfriends, right. thought it was a great idea to write music about love, as we all do. And that's kind of where it started off. Um, I started writing just random pieces that I had no idea how to structure because I didn't know how to write music properly. So my mm. mom forced me to go to a um, songwriting camp out of against my will by go the way. mom go tita ruth shout <laughs> yeah, out. So, i was so mad man like you have no idea i was like why are you sending me here i don't want to go i should be studying for my exams whatever but Anyways, you don't regret it no right? no no it was actually that sh- that sh- um camp that i created my first single friction and this friction? Yeah, <laughs> and that was the gateway to where you know i am now in terms of creating music and releasing stuff internationally so wow that's amazing and you haven't stopped ever since right Mm. so what was the turning point for you between like just having music as a hobby and a passion to wanting it to wanting to really get into the industry and try you know give it a shot i really hope this podcast doesn't sound like 
I'm a huge mommy's girl <laughs> because like I, I, I do have a personal that. love for music, but I have to attest a lot of my career to her pushing me to um, explore because mm-hmm. if you guys, only the people who are really close to me know that I'm, um, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a shy extrovert in the sense that if I don't, if I meet you for the first time, I'm extremely introverted. But if you get to know me, you'll be able to be like, oh, wow, <laughs> she's a nutcase. And when you get to know her, it's <laughs> like, it's too late. No turning no, no back. Turning back. Wow. Yeah. Um, so I think a lot of it, she knew that I was writing music and that I would sing and there was something there. But but you kept it to yourself. I kept at it to first. myself. Super. I didn't want. I, I hated performing. Like I didn't want anybody to know that I could sing. And then um, I guess when I realized that I could actually make a career out of it, and uh, that I wasn't so good at much else, <laughs> I was like, oh, well, not true. Maybe by the way, try this. So yeah, I think uh, when I started realizing that other people were actually kind of into my no, not kind of like they enjoyed my music. And I could give happiness to other people in that way. That's when it kind of hit me. I was like, okay, well, maybe I could use this platform to, you know, help other people or relate to other people who go into the same situation and just, you know, give them a beat in the morning that starts their day or something like that. That's just uh, what my thought process was at the time. That is a (coughs) beautiful story. So that being said, what is music for you personally? I think... Music is, since I'm monolingual, (laughs) 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 it's just another way where I can just jumble up a bunch of words together to kind of make sense for what's going up in my mind. Um, I am not extremely good in expressing how I feel when it comes to really finding the right words. I mean, I could talk to you for years about trying to get to the point, but with music, it's... I feel like it's so much easier for me to pinpoint what I'm feeling and express it in that way, even though that sounds like it doesn't make any sense at all. It It's just like another re- um, avenue for me to, you know, identify this is what I'm feeling and how it doesn't have to be in words. It could be in the melody. It could be in the sounds mm-hmm. that, you know, you choose to portray in your song. Um, but I feel like it helps me express so much more. Um but at the same time, I also have love and hate with music because I know when I'm not writing that that's when I'm in like a really bad spot. And then I'm like, I, d- I don't notice that mm. I'm not writing. But then after time goes by, I'm like, uh, and my mom asks me if I've <laughs> started doing yeah. any more songwriting. I'm like, oh, no, right. I really should get back on that. So what's stopping me? And I'm able to identify, you know, oh, this is the stuff that you should be focusing on in your life right now. This is the hardships that you've been, you know, avoiding all the problems that you've been running away from, how are you going to deal with that? And then I'll write, I'll start writing. And none of it's going to make sense. <laughs> in the at first, first. At right. first, at first. And I think even in the in the great better days, I enjoy writing music because then I can also express my gratitude in it. You know, like slow motion in itself, I think was a song where I was able to you know, share my thanks for this person in my life Mm -hmm. and like super show them that I'm grateful for them, but also explain like this doesn't come without like hardship and challenge, you know? So, I mean, if you guys are going to listen to that song, go listen to that song. (laughs) (laughs) It's on Spotify and all your favorite music (laughs) platforms. Wow. You actually skipped ahead because I was going to ask you about what slow motion was. There you go. It's all there. That's what it is. Yeah. And I do get that, you know, as songwriters, sometimes we tend to beat ourselves up when we're not quote-unquote productive and Mm -hmm. songwriting but someone recently um said to me it's actually mark so shout out to mark schultz he said you know when you're experiencing life you're cultivating experience you're going through kind of like the matter the meat of Mm -hmm. what you need to collect for you to process everything and then just express Mm -hmm. it so so that should be fine Mm -hmm. that's fine um do you have a specific process when you write songs like for some the melody comes first others the lyrics or I think weirdly it's it's lyrics first and then if I can structure it for me when I create anything it's like essay writing for me I know it sounds so tedious but I can never it's never progressive for me (laughs) it has to start with word vomit Ah. and then structuring and then realizing the structure doesn't work so I have to find a melody online or some beats or have a producer send me something so that I can like you know kind of narrow it down so that it kind of makes sense Mm -hmm. and then I'll have to re-record and re-record and re-record until I actually have a flow 
and that does not happen like this is not hourly process this is me getting frustrated right. and then like probably crying and then being like i hate this song <laughs> and then like <laughs> eventually scratch it and then over time i'm like ooh, you know there's actually something there um because i i mean for me i've never been um good with words i know i said that earlier but even in terms of like academics or reading and writing like it's never been one of my strengths it's definitely my sisters which is probably where all the genes of that went (laughs) like it's definitely not in me so um i mean for me the fact that i could write music i kind of it's not not in a cocky way i kind of surprised myself i was like oh wow like this is something i can do and regardless of whether it sounds good to me some other people out there might actually enjoy it because as artists, we're super perfectionist, right? Like, everything mm-hmm. we do, it's never enough until somebody's like, stop, you know, you're taking it too far. Like, this and is And it's great. funny, that's with our own work, right? Yeah. But we easily accept and admire the work of others. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, first of all, I find it hard to believe you're not good with words. But then mm-hmm. I get maybe with lyrics, you can express yourself in a different way. Yeah. And so... Um, what has it been like navigating both hemispheres of the world to follow your dream? You know, Asia, and then you're back to Europe. Mm. What have the challenges of pursuing music? Like, what have they been for you? Because I know it hasn't been easy. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> okay. So this is this is my cuento of the hour. <laughs> this oh. is like here story we go, of guys. My life. Get settled. Um, <laughs> I think I, a large part of us, a large part of the human race, identifies with the changes drastic changes in your personality and your character and the phrase like i never gonna i'm not gonna look back like i'm not the person i was before that heavily resonates with me because i mean bianca knows when she first met me i was um not in the right headspace i mean i was very she was going through a lot yeah i was going through a lot as was i um (laughs) it was it's one of those formative years i was going to my first year of college I am super close to my family, so having to move away from them to a whole other continent, which was the Netherlands um, in Europe, it was super hard. Like, I I didn't know who I was as a person. I didn't understand why I was feeling the certain things that I was feeling. I repressed a lot of stuff, which in turn hurt a lot of people, Mm -hmm. um, as well as myself. And I just wasn't the person that I knew I could be. So it took a lot because I swear I was blinded by my own doing. So I didn't see that I was doing anything wrong. So the story takes us then to January of 2017 where I came to Manila. And my mom, obviously, shout out mommy. (laughs) 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 She's going to want to listen to this. This You're you're talked about so much. So (laughs) she encouraged me to go to Manila because she told me, you know, God's telling me that this is time. Like this is your opportunity to go and try pursue this if you want to pursue it but mm-hmm. she did ask me if i wanted to go to manila and i was like okay let's let's give it a shot let's see what can happen mind you i was still in college at the time so i was juggling both um so we went down i had no expectations met up with um a previous manager of mine who introduced me to chris which is an ABS-CBN producer who we love he's the head of tarshir records. records so he introduced me to chris and chris was willing to do my first single friction mm-hmm. and that's kind of how the ball started rolling um and, and the way he goes by moves 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 in case you like search for chris <laughs> on spotify <laughs> you ain't gonna find nothing it's moves so moves. you met Sorry. chris yeah i met chris i started recording music and then i went back to school with no intention of ever seeing any consequence or reaction to my song so i went to school continued doing school kept repressing emotions oh gosh <laughs> and i was just not in the right headspace at all not the person that i knew i was so um he called me back and he was like hey we really want to work with you some more and i was like really like what does that mean so i came back for the summer we recorded a couple of other songs and my manager at that time told me that the best opportunity was laying ahead and that I should be living in Manila. So uh, (laughs) (laughs) I'm a very impromptu individual. I cannot, I'm not decisive at all. Like I can't make decisions on my own. It always has, it's always filtered through other people's opinions. So that was my first problem and first fault. So I ended up packing my bags with a month um, in between. So I didn't really think about it. What, a month in between? It was a month. It was like from June and school was starting in August. Insane. And then I was like, okay, so July, I decided I was going to move. And I was like, 
let's just do it. Let's see what happens. So I took a semester or sabbatical off of school. Wow. And then huge. this sounds extra hectic because not only were you going through a transitional period mm-hmm. to begin with, like mm-hmm. moving to the Netherlands, this is like a doubly added thing. Yeah. And you had no family here, right? In None. Asia. Oh, I literally have never been in Manila or lived in the Philippines since birth, man. Wow. So this was like as if I was going to some random country in I don't know, like China. <laughs> yeah, and like <laughs> that trying foreign, to break you know? out into yeah. the music scene here. I didn't have like I mean I just met Bianca, so I wouldn't say like I was very uh isolated in that I didn't know who to hang out with or who like to get to know even my parents my no I have no family here. Mm-hmm. Um and at the same time I was transitioning. Everyone in my family was transitioning transitioning. Jaina was going to college, my sister was going to college that year. My parents were moving out of our home in, in Thailand. And so everybody was going everywhere. Like we're all hopping across different parts of the world. So I think for me, it was also like, I don't want to burden my family further with the stuff that I was going through. Right. Which is obviously not the right mindset because your family is always going to be there for you. Um, but I guess you were also trying to be brave and yeah. just like, you know, I decided this, got to yeah. suck it up, got to, you know, do the thing. It so. was fine. It was fine for the first two or three months. But then for me, I'm a very like, I love organization. Like, I need a regime and I need, like, right. structure, right? <coughs> and I feel like you're the kind of person who always has to be doing something. Yeah. You have to be productive in a way where you're always working or moving. And, yeah. you know, if things are stagnant, it kind of, like you mentioned before, drives you nuts. I think it was <laughs> also crazy because I knew that I had the, uh, the on the other side, another opportunity. You know, it was all so opening, open for me to go back to school and I could be going to school right now. That was the thought in my head. Like, all this time that I'm quote-unquote wasting sitting Mm -hmm. in my house like not doing anything i could be working towards a bachelor's degree you know and i feel for me like also the guilt of like spending so much money when i'm not earning any at the same time Mm -hmm. it was just so much playing in my mind like over and over again that i kind of just it kind of broke me yeah. yeah. So just to clear things up for our listeners, Adana moved here and she, yeah, she took a sabbatical from school, mm-hmm. not knowing, not, a, you know, she kind of just jumped into the water. She took a risk and she wasn't doing as much as she thought she would be simply mm-hmm. because she felt, you know, just a mix of like uh, not being organized with the people she was working with yeah. or like feeling lost. It was a mix of all these things. Mm-hmm. So, but out of all of that, like the the jumble like the you know baptism by fire Mm. that happened what lessons do you feel like can you say that you really learned and Mm. still keep with you today like if I may suggest one Mm -hmm. that you told me was about the power of being present Mm -hmm. and in the now but Mm -hmm. please tell us okay so what I attest a lot of my growth to two people uh, in that time which was the podcast um, narrator Bianca <laughs> <Me>? <laughs> and um, Muth's uh, now wife Alex um, Mrs. Lopez so a lot of what I was experiencing was just a l- immaturity and just not being one with where I was and blaming a lot of people for my situation when I actually had decided myself that I was going to do this you know so it was a lot of um, anxiety like I, I suffered from a lot of really really intense anxiety and depression so I was so sick of where I was mentally that it was enough motivation for me to really look for a door like a door to get me out of the space that I was in because like to the point to all the people who have experienced this form of anxiety where you can't breathe because you're just so overwhelmed with the what ifs and all that stuff in the future and all that stuff in the past that's holding you back and all the guilt that you've been experiencing. Like, I was there. I understand. Like, I was, like, so thirsty for an answer. I was talking to Bianca and I was talking to Alex. It sounded so suffocating. Yeah, it was so suffocating, man. And that's why um, I talked to them about it because even if I had just known them for a couple of months, I really knew that these were the people who have experienced um something similar to me because they many many other things yeah (laughs) but we were in a dressing room getting ready for a magazine um, shoot shoot. and i overheard a conversation about a book they were talking about which is called the power of now by by eckhart tolle yeah it's an amazing book um and i i'm not a book reader so i was like you know what Hmm. whatever they were talking about i was like that's it like what are you guys saying like what are you what what is this concept that you're talking about and then they just opened it up for me and actually bianca got me the book for for as a christmas gift. when we shot her first music video for friction 
um, after the shoot, I just, you know, gave her the book. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that book deserves its own podcast. Yeah. But for now, to summarize everything, Mm -hmm. what would you say it's about? Um, It's basically about being present and identifying the fact that all of the worries and all the anxieties and all the fears that you come up with in your head Mm -hmm. are such fictional things that you created yourself. And if you realize that in the moment like as of right now if you just you're just breathing you're just existing you're realizing that time continues to go with or without you yeah and at that same time you get to experience just a sense of peace and knowing that regardless of what happens you're gonna be fine like you're still existing like as of this present moment if i continue counting from one to ten I can still keep doing it for the <laughs> next just breathing. Yeah. Because all those fears and all those things you mentioned, they exist in the past and mm-hmm. in the future. And we're mm-hmm. not there anymore and we're not there yet. So we're just mm-hmm. right here, right now. Oh, yeah. that is beautiful. Even even the um one part that really, really, really struck me was he said all these anxieties that you come up with the chance of them uh, actually ever occurring is so close to so none. slim right so, so slim right. like you you're, you're you're creating fictional narrative in your mind that's not even like relatively plausible but the more you think about it you tend to believe these things and, and it, it manifests so the same is the same is true for the opposite when you think about positive things you mm-hmm. attract them and mm-hmm. uh well, well, we, we could do another do another, need to do this another podcast, podcast <laughs> for that but that sounds great because now i feel like you're in a much better place mm-hmm. oh, all yeah. around you should you know, I can really see the transformation from that time to now. And it's it's so it's so nice to see you this way. It's such a relief, dude. I'm so I'm so grateful. Like, God save me, man. Like, Amen. Oh uh, that being said, do you have any advice for the people out there who want to get into this industry? Like people like you, mm-hmm. young singer songwriters who are doing it right now or at bedroom producers, like mm-hmm. doing it in the comfort of their own homes who want to get out into the world and mm-hmm. share their gift of music and maybe start earning or touring Mm -hmm. or gigging like what's your what's your piece of advice for them um put your stuff out there as much as possible record on your horrible microphone at home Mm -hmm. and upload it somewhere (laughs) like it doesn't matter just make sure you put your name on it (laughs) um and stop comparing yourself because comparison is sent from hell like you have death of everything there's no purpose in it you're so uniquely your own your sound is so uniquely your own i mean look at the transition from music from even the past 10 years man like there's nothing that anybody could have predicted um oh yeah music to be as of right now so don't start assuming like oh maybe this isn't it like this isn't good enough to put out there like don't listen or people to won't that. like this because exactly. it doesn't sound a certain way and you don't have to have like even with me m- for music i always hated myself after performing because i never hit a perfect set of notes you know it was never like i would do a performance and then it'd be so perfect that i was so proud of it you know mm. so i w- i mean to all those perfectionists out there who <laughs> don't want to go on stage who don't want to set up the recording studio to record a song because they're not happy with it step out of that comfort zone because you're not going to accomplish anything there. Like you just have to keep producing stuff because one day out of the 10,000 horrible takes, one perfect one's going to come and you're going to be so happy you put it out there because somebody's going to love it as much as you're going to love it soon enough. So that's my, and I should be listening to my own advice. (laughs) That is beautiful. And you never know unless you try, right? So you can, um, I feel like, Fitness has also been a huge part mm-hmm. of your journey, mm-hmm. getting to where you are today. You know, mm-hmm. you're in such a happy, good place. And we're going to move over to that side uh-huh. of your life now because it is a really big part mm-hmm. of who you are as a mm-hmm. person. So moving over to your fitness journey, Idana has an Instagram account that everyone should check out. It's at Idana Fitness. It's a baby account I just started. So uh, I'm working on getting good content up. So, I mean... I just wanted to use it as a platform to share my journey and hopefully inspire other people um, to join the fitness industry or not even industry, just get your bodies moving because I can't stress like how I know it looks like such a burden, but once you start getting into it, man, you're going to see your mm-hmm. body thanking mm-hmm. you for it. Oh really. Yes. Can you give us a backstory on how this started and were you always this fit? Okay. <laughs> I love this story. So when I was in the sophomore year of my high school, I was approached by a guy friend of mine who was not really a friend back then, okay. but he w- he w- he came up to me and he was like, you know, you'd be really hot if you lost weight. 
What? And I was like, what? And what? I, you know, initially for me, I'm very like sensitive. So if people like attack me with words like that, you I just, I just grow myself uh, a shell and like, he literally walked it. up to you and just said that. Yeah. But like, in, in, he, he, if you know his personality, you'll understand. Okay. okay. Like his true intention, of no, course, still. you know, okay. but still <laughs> anyways. anyways. So what I did, which uh, this surprised me in myself because I don't think I put thought into it. I just got so mad that dude from the next couple of like, that year, I just went crazy at the gym. I did not know what I was doing. I did not. I obviously I had know. not the right intention because I don't. You should never go to the gym with the intention of impressing other people. Yeah, you're doing it to, you know, quote unquote, lose weight so you to be hot. Yeah, <laughs> like what? And I, but that's that's where you can kind of see where my insecurity and in immaturity was at that time in my life. So I mean, that kind of started quote unquote my fitness journey. Obviously, I was doing it all wrong. I had this perception of if you eat carbs, you're going to get fat. That oh whole no. shenanigans. Like, I just had a, a battle with food even. Um, if I had a pizza that day, you know, all that stuff. Like, it's, it's just not healthy. You'd beat yourself up for it. You'd be like, It was oh so no. bad. And if I didn't go to the gym, like, five out of the seven days of the week, at minimum, I would get pissed, you know? No way. So, I mean, I didn't have a really good relationship in the beginning. And what kind of helped me, not kind of, a huge part of it, shout out to my boyfriend, Toby. Toby. He's, um, he's a bodybuilder and like a gym enthusiast. And he he kind of taught me the ropes in, in, in terms of finding what I really love to do in fitness. Because it, it differs from other people. I know you guys enjoy surfing or, or yoga. yoga and stuff like that. Um, but my true passion is lifting like i love weightlifting it's changed my body it's changed my like the way that i think my diligence and like motivation like all of that stuff it's really taught me to be consistent discipline and disciplined yeah that's the word so toby (laughs) came along and aside from teaching you like proper form and all the physical aspects of lifting would you say he also taught you like the mental, the proper mental oh, he w- approach? He, I, I think I've, I was super used to people being like, wow, you look so good, thin, like um, blah, blah, blah. Like you not really pushing me in that area. And he didn't give it to me easy. Like if I wasn't doing something right, he'd lay it on me, you know. And I really appreciated that, even though I was like, why is he so like hard on me, you know, yeah. initially. But I just that's his love language you know Ah. like that's how he wants he sees he sees potential in you and he wants you to reach he wants you to be your best yeah he wants you to be and it wasn't in a way where like you had to be a certain body type it was just he wanted i guess you guys were working towards strength Mm -hmm. and like finding that power within yourselves yeah i mean it was it's super tailored to me like it's tailored to each and every individual he would never assume like even with pts or girls out there who encourage a specific singular perception of what a hot woman or confident woman should look like it's all wrong like Mm -hmm. you shouldn't be doing that it's whatever you can have goals you should have goals you should have aspirations but you should also always start loving where you are start from where you are yeah exactly start from where you are or you're never gonna see reactions in your body i know it doesn't sound scientific but i promise you it is because if you don't start with positively loving yourself you will not make the connection when you see progress mm. and you'll never be happy with exactly the, the s- small changes your body are going is going through and you'll never be able to identify it you'll never be happy right because so. if you're saying i need to have a specific waistline or it yeah, have to look dude. like this that's not what you're you know you got to work with what you're born with mm-hmm. and then build from and sometimes there. your genetics doesn't allow you to look a certain way and that's totally fine because god knows like you might end up looking a whole other way that you end up actually not knowing that that's what you wanted the whole time right. you know it just it doesn't make sense comparison again like that's probably my biggest motto like don't compare because there's no point dude there's no point and i'm just nodding along here because yeah. like, and we're getting heated up like, about like, this <gasps> i feel yeah. like every every young person or er- any person who like mm-hmm. exists these days with social media throwing things at you especially with like what you're supposed to look like mm-hmm. and how you're supposed to be and mm-hmm. things like that there's a lot of pressure and in fact i kind of um not pity but i feel like it's a bigger challenge for the for the youth and the generation existing now growing up with smartphones and like instagram whereas back in the day you know we didn't really have that Mm -hmm. (laughs) we played in the mud (laughs) sticks and stones just kidding but some sand even without that it was already hard growing up you know going to high school and 
um, other girls bullies <laughs> or mean girls or comparing yourself it was hard mm. enough so these days what can you say to people who are just constantly going on their phones like what advice can you give them is it good to take a fast every now and then or sometimes we need it for work we need yeah. it for school so how do you just mm -hmm. stay in a healthy mindset while scrolling and i'm like definitely guilty of being one of those girls that was heavily addicted to my phone like so i so feel like addicted to my phone we've all been there to the point where like at dinners or at social events like it would be me on my phone i'd be known as the girl on my phone and if you mm. know how like that is such a disgusting image in my mind like <laughs> you you have social interaction with people and people feel uncomfortable because you can't pay yeah. attention to them because you have to check your phone every five minutes yeah, or, or my mom's like why are you always on your yeah. laptop i'm right here in front of yeah. you like, and my parents even were like no phone policy at dinner like if you even touched it looked at it you know no <laughs> no dinner for this. you just no <laughs> dinner <Yeah>. for you <laughs> um but for me what i did i think i can't came to a realization that I was missing out so much. On real life. On real life, man. And mm -hmm. once I started, you know, slowly removing the constant fear of missing out, that's what it was, though. FOMO. FOMO was, oh, my gosh, that ruled my life. Like, if I had not gone to a party, I would see it on my phone, and I'd have to keep updated mm -hmm. with all this stuff that's going on. Or if I somebody was somewhere I needed to know, or it's just the, the really controlling aspect of, I need to be a part of it, you know? Right, I need to right. be able to answer to people's uh, Facebook like messages. If they ask you because you think that everybody cares so much. So much if but you the don't truth respond, like, no. But the truth is they really don't. Everyone's yeah. thinking about themselves. themselves. And um, I don't know. I think for me what I did was, after I, uh, uh, this is going to sound not so good, but I had a lot of negative people in my life mm -hmm. that kind of s encouraged and rerouted this at uh, attachment to my social media if I hadn't responded a couple of minutes within the time allocated. Oh, that's a lot quote of pressure, unquote. dude. I, yeah, and I got such bad responses. So I think after like a f couple of years, I really learned to cut people off because I wasn't the type of person that knew how to say no. And that mm. really dictated my <laughs> life. We need another podcast we about that. <laughs> <laughs> because I, I did not know. Because I, too, can be a yeah, people I know, pleaser. I know dude. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <So. laughs> but, no, about those, about people like that, you know, can you just block them or delete them? So what I did was, of course, it, it was not nice. It did not happen, like, within the blink of an eye. It did not come easy. It's not like you can just cut people off who you genuinely care about. It was a long painstaking process a lot of arguments a lot of tears and I, I mean it's not easy but oh my goodness it is so worth it because at the end of the day if those people are supposed to be in your life they will be you know Hallelujah. they will be and i yes, didn't know I that agree. because i had fear man fear mm -hmm. really dictated a lot of stuff so as soon as I realized that, I realized I didn't actually need my phone. <laughs> I didn't actually need <laughs> to be Or at least didn't need stuff. it all the time. Yeah, and it's so refreshing. I mean, even for me, like if on days where I know I don't have that much to do or don't have anybody I need to be urgently talking to, mm -hmm. put it on airplane mode for one or two hours. Yeah, it won't See what you. happens, man. Yeah. Like identify all the things. Go for a walk. Go to the gym even. Like or just play music. Like you'll know and identify different things around you that you never would have noticed because you're always looking down. Exactly. On a side note, I have another fun well it's not really a fun fact, but mm -hmm. it's helped me because I, I had severe insomnia for the longest time. Really? <laughs> Aside from the fact that well, this is for another podcast. Hi Marika, but that because I of my third eye. <laughs> no. But no, because of various reasons. You know, I just stay up for whatever reason. I was a night owl or I like writing mm -hmm. in the middle of the night. But I noticed lately I've been trying to get good sleep. Let's say I tell myself I'll be in bed by 1 a.m. or 12 yeah. and then like I should be asleep. It doesn't happen that way. Apparently no, our bodies yeah. take time. <laughs> no, you need like wind down time. Like after workout, you know how you cool down. You need to cool down from your day. And I mm. had to learn that the hard way. And I, so I went online and I did research. And apparently if you're staring at screens all the time, like phones, TVs, iPads, whatever, that it has, it has, th um, the radiation has this certain effect on you that mm -hmm. makes you just like stay wide awake. You're like mm -hmm. alert. You're in like hunting mm -hmm. battle mode because it's your neurons are firing everything's still running in your mm -hmm. system so you gotta like put the phone away before mm -hmm. you get to bed and now these days these days i just read a book mm -hmm. and that instantly kind of like lulls get, yeah, me yeah, to yeah, sleep yeah. so i agree and it's 
horrendous for your eyesight. Mm. Like my, you don't realize how strong the glare of the phone is. It's pretty strong. I mean, there's also like they call it blue light that like literally penetrates your eyes. And I promise you, I can attest to this. My eyesight has deteriorated. Like I don't know, like one. How do you? What are the measures for eyes it's basically gone down yeah it's from just what it's gone down it's just been so bad and i read and write essays for school right so i also not only have my phone i have computer mm-hmm. and that equally destroys my eyes like i can't handle anymore um using like the amount of luminous uh, radiation in my eyes because i have to turn on a certain app it's called uh, whatever it's I'll, s- I'll send it to you <laughs> it, it that's t- basically <laughs> and if you find it in the link below <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's it's basically this um app that you put on your computer and you can put on your phone and it puts a a screen mm-hmm. uh, a s- of a certain color according to the light apparent in the room so that it, it oh. is easier on your eyes you can definitely just google that and find this, that is, not this is not by sponsored by the way <laughs> <laughs> just needed to add that but and but you can also helps. use these glasses that oh yeah block out the glare yeah. Um, yeah, <laughs> I like how this just turned into like <laughs> protecting yourself <laughs> from technology. But okay, let's move on back to the fitness. Oh yeah, sorry. So <laughs> sidetracked. What what has your relationship to food been like growing 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 up? Oh my gosh! <laughs> oh my gosh! I wish you guys could see photos through podcasts. But when I was growing up, um, I was overweight. Mm. Like I was like a chunky monkey, could not fit. But into a cute pants. one. Like. A nice round one, like I've really seen photos, and I think a lot of that was because I like my mom is a very good baker. And <laughs> Everything like is she your mom's yeah. idea. <laughs> so she was, and like after school every day, I'd, ha- I'd come home to from like chocolate chip scones mm-hmm. or like blah blah blah, and I just ate like no tomorrow, and I think that went on for the next fifty years. <laughs> <laughs> middle school, and then in middle school, I, I had some teachers at the school tell me that i was you know why are you so fat like stuff like that wait why do people just keep coming up to you and just like speaking i don't know that's why i think a lot of it like that attested more so to my issue with food and your your outward appearance yeah with my dude that's where insecurity a lot of uh, it stemmed for me because i cared so much about what people thought and then i would act on it in a means that wasn't very right. healthy. And it wasn't really for you. It was no. like more for them. It wasn't for me at all. I hated it, dude. I hated running. I hated going to the gym. Uh-huh. It was such a stress. It was such a pain. I didn't enjoy it. So the transition came when, um, yeah, when I finally learned that you need food to fuel your workouts. You need food ah, to so fuel So did you. it come like hand in hand when you started working yeah. out? I didn't uh, initially really, okay, <laughs> I don't like to give a lot of credit to my boyfriend for my gym gym stuff, but he deserves a lot because he really taught me Hi the Toby. foundations. Mm-hmm. Hi, Toby. But he taught me the foundations of how to properly work out. And he, I didn't know so much, man. I didn't know that you had to eat a large amount of food to get, like feed your muscles and that to grow so muscles this so working out fat. properly extends into other aspects oh, of completely. your life you got to get good sleep and yeah. like you said you got to eat right and dude and, and carbs days are thing. carbs are not the enemy dude, i love carbs i eat Too. them every day and you need to relax like you mm. need to give your body time to recuperate there's no point in you working out seven days a week twice a day like there's no need your body will literally digress rather than um progress progress <laughs> so regress not re- regress <laughs> english <laughs> oh my gosh um so what's your take on diets and healthy eating these days and do you believe that what you eat affects your thinking or your mental headspace oh absolutely i think for me i've tried all diets in the book i've done keto i've done intermittent fasting i've done no carb no sugar just food whatever is in the book like and i think personally for me this may not be for everyone it also depends on your goals if you're a bodybuilder of course you're gonna need and you're gonna go into competition of course you're gonna need to diet specifically and know what you're putting into your body and that goes as far as water you know right um but then if you're living it as a lifestyle and it really depends different bodies different types of food different reaction so I can't say that there's a one-hit wonder for everyone. But what works for mm-hmm. me personally is to not restrict myself and to eat um, in a means that 
is obviously healthy like anything too much is not good for you right anything everything in moderation and so balance balance but for me restricting any form of food really doesn't do well for my mental health because if i do so you feel like you're deprived i'm deprived <laughs> and then i'll binge ah. then i'll binge and then i'll feel horrendous about it's a myself. cycle it's a cycle man and it's really not uh-huh. healthy for me because that's when negative thoughts of how i perceive my body comes in like i'm like oh my god i had blah 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 today and i can see it and even though you know i can't see it (laughs) i can't see it like what are you talking about yeah so i i think for me it's just eating what i want to eat in moderation Mm -hmm. not like at least i definitely have chocolate every day that's like without a question i'll have chocolate every day okay but um i'll have like you know, one or two, three snacks max, and then I'll have my meals, and I'll never skip a meal, man. Like I don't believe in like skip dinner and you'll lose weight. You know, mm-hmm. it's just really fu- fueling your body at the right time. Yeah. But what I do think, if people are um, trying to lo- not lose weight, but just you know maintain a healthy diet, is to keep in mind that your body needs a certain amount of hour- hours to properly digest food. So what I do is I'm currently intermittent fasting, which I always stop eating at around 8 p.m. Okay. And then I'll start eating um, at least 10 hours after. So let's say I sleep for eight hours and then the next morning um, I'll start eating food at like, I don't know, 10 but a minimum of 10 hours to 16 hours is what they recommend and this really works for you and yeah it's like you don't really feel like you're missing out on a lot because you're asleep most of the time anyway guys you're sleeping dude and i mean it's harder because and also the later it is the larger you're craving like you're gonna at 10 p.m be like oh i'm hungry when you're not actually hungry your body's just tired or thirsty or or dehydrated drink water dude yeah drink water so sometimes working out and eating um, eating right at least can mm-hmm. seem like a really daunting task especially for those who are just about to get started on their fitness journey mm-hmm. or who have never really exercised before or for those who feel like maintaining certain routines um, is too big of a challenge in the long run like really hard to maintain mm-hmm. what would work and commuting and mm-hmm. the traffic in manila mm-hmm. so what lessons have you learned or like what mantras or what things do you tell yourself that help you cultivate this into a way of life instead of looking at it as oh man it's so it's this big scary daunting yeah. thing like how what would you tell these people who are just about to start you know i think it's yeah. a, it's all revolves around the fact that you shouldn't be restricting yourself even to a specific type of exercise try everything so that you know maybe i would like pilates and that's really good advice yeah because your friends your your barcada your group Mm -hmm. of friends can really be into into crossfit like mine are (laughs) but then like if that's not for you then you should try um, rock climbing Mm -hmm. boxing Mm -hmm. i think it for me it was also uh, what's that word what's that phrase when you oh um when you try something you don't like it's a process of elimination, elimination. <laughs> there, sorry that took me so long <laughs> to get there process of elimination even for me like i tried swimming i tried running i tried uh yoga i tried pilates i tried um boxing classes i've mm-hmm. tried everything in the book which is why when i finally got to weightlifting yeah. i was like where has you this had been that my own light bulb <laughs> moment and doing it right you know i feel like there's such a pressure to be the best at everything mm-hmm. but start where you are do it right do it properly see if you really enjoy it there's no pressure for you to become like the one that goes every single day you know yeah, or like an olympian or switch <laughs> it up even like go yeah. to pilates on tuesdays go for a walk the next day w- go for a swim the next day you yeah. know so basically have fun and it doesn't it have to be to this be fun. extremely strenuous thing every yeah. day. Like e- even going for a walk, taking your mm-hmm. dog for a run. Mm-hmm. It's a stress reliever. That's what exercise should be for you. Uh, you know, a gateway to really get all the energy out of you. Think about all the thoughts that you weren't able to think about that day or mm-hmm. get, you know, your body, fl- your blood flowing. And ev- like, it's just good for you. You're going to you're gonna thank me. You're going to message me after this podcast and be like, I tried it. And I'm going to be like, <laughs> sis, how was it? You enjoyed it, didn't you? <laughs> it was awesome. So yeah. how do you how do you manage to carve out time for yourself? Because before I was I was talking to Adana and she was 
I mentioned like, oh my gosh, I finally got to go to the gym mm-hmm. today and I feel great. And she was like, she was like, self-care, bro. It's self-care. <laughs> <laughs> so um, how do you manage to stay healthy and fit with such a busy schedule, no matter what you're doing or where you are? Because you yeah. travel so frequently. Yeah, I think a lot of it is when you convince yourself that you don't have time, that's where the fault really is because you, you can always make time. Like, that's the thing with me. Like, you can, as, as busy as your day is, obviously don't push yourself to a point where if you mm. really can't make it, don't beat yourself up. Yeah. But don't use it as an excuse. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Don't use it as an excuse like, oh, I have blah, 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 and blah, 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 I have to do today. If you really don't have to be doing that, yes. like, why don't you try switching it out for a workout or, like, going for a walk? Because... Like we said, it's not really, sh- it should not be a punishment. Mm. It should be a reward. <laughs> a reward or something you really look forward to in that day. Like time to yourself, time to move your body, to get all the frustrations of your day out. Um, for me, it's become part of my daily routine and it's a way for, m- it's me time, basically. It's it me is. time. It's me working on myself. I get to really like sweat out all the nonsense mm. and listen to the music that I'm not allowed to listen to in the house because we're blasting it, <laughs> so I have to keep it in my ears. Right. <laughs> All that stuff, you know? And it should be, or even like a social, I feel like if people have a hard time going themselves, they should really get a, a person a to go to. Yeah. yeah, a person to go to or go to classes. So you kind of held accountable and then you can share the experience with whoever you're with. And it gives you avenues to meet new people. You never know, right? So, I mean, perceiving workouts as a like an obligation rather than an opportunity that's the fault there like if you can't make time don't beat yourself up like Mm -hmm. do a home workout or follow follow a guide or like go for a walk like i'm pretty sure everybody can find at least 20 minutes 20 15 20 minutes in the day to get your body moving that's minimum you know and if it's if something is a priority then you will find a way exactly so um Okay, and then to our final question, because we're almost out of time. That mm-hmm. went by so that fast, was so quick. right? What does what does being grounded mean to you? And can you give advice on how to keep it real, um, whether it's in this industry or just in life? Mm-hmm. And how do you think, how do you stay true to yourself? Um, I think surrounding yourself with people who want you to succeed, people who are equally accountable like you are equally accountable to like my like a a bianca for me like we keep (laughs) each other on our toes and we make sure we keep each other in line you know like people who are willing to put their neck out there for you also but also be the person that tells you when you're doing something wrong even though you really don't want to hear it Mm -hmm. you know surround yourself with good people my roots are so deeply connected to my family if they definitely don't let things slide which um, I'm forever grateful for as though (laughs) even (laughs) though it doesn't look like I am in the moment because of course I'm mad or like I don't think I'm wrong when in Mm -hmm. reality I might be um and just having loving and supporting people around you and don't lose sight of where you are and always always i think my biggest tip is be grateful and identify the things in your life that you should be grateful for even though it doesn't seem like a lot of this is going your way yes write five things at the end of the day i'm grateful for blah 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 right and i think you can't be too like okay you can obviously be sad but once you start identifying the little things you'll start to see your your energy pick up you're going to start to see changes already within the moment you identify oh actually i have this to be grateful for today it changes your whole aura and then um it really you start emitting a whole different energy when you mm-hmm. start realizing there's I so much to be yeah, grateful there's for there's so much to be grateful for as as hard as it sounds i know a lot of people are going through some really tough stuff but there's always a light at the end of the tunnel. It's just your willingness to identify it. That is beautiful. And I, I do believe this ties in with what we mentioned earlier about being present. Because yeah. when you're grateful, you notice all the things that you do have instead mm-hmm. of what you lack. And that kind mm-hmm. of ties you into the moment where you mm-hmm. can see that you just have so much going on for you and you're blessed in so many ways. Mm-hmm. So... Thank you so much, Idana, for being with us today and for being the first. That was so fun. Yeah, official guest on the Grounded podcast. Do you have any last words for our listeners? I think be individualistic, be unique, be yourself. Don't fear 
other people. Um, continue to love yourself and love other people. Um, be willing to give and receive and be present. That's my. That's all I have to say, dude. Just Ooh. be present. <laughs> Insert audience Insert laughter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, now I don't have to. Anyways, Ooh. dude, thanks so much for having me. I really hope we do this again. Read Ikar. How do you say his name? Ikar Toll. Power of Now. And the Bible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that stuff will save you. Gotta get that in there. <laughs> Dude, I've been needing to pee for the past oh like my days. <laughs> You're such a trooper. Thanks, dude. Woo. Ground pH. <laughs> Grounded is an art and lifestyle platform that invites you to live a life of authenticity and intention. It hopes to bring together kindred spirits aspiring to create a safer and kinder world so that others are inspired to live more genuinely. Our advocacy brings to focus designing a sensible, well-balanced life where the mind, body, and spirit can work integrally towards a deeper sense of purpose. We truly believe that the power of collaboration can take us there. Drawing from the space of art, Grounded aims to construct a gallery of projects that will open up essential conversations, encourage freedom of expression, and promote awareness on the things that matter the most. Grounded's digital presence is found on its website, www.groundedph.com, where there is curated content on the topics of art, culture, and design, which will also focus on various social issues that we are faced with today, such as personal struggles, family problems, mental health, social media, technology, environmental change, and other relevant matters that we feel need to be talked about. The website also presents an online shop that involves retail, arts and crafts, home objects, decor, and pieces of art. Grounded also envisions a small grocery online that will carry products from its favorite local businesses and farms. And stay tuned because Grounded has many, many other projects, exhibits, books, talks, workshops, pop-ups, past and other projects to be found in the calendar. Stories, which is um, a section in the gallery of different accounts that people choose to share with the Grounded community and, and more podcasts and a zine. <laughs>